Hello there, welcome to Jubes and Curd, the podcast of my show on GB News. My name's Michelle Jubery, and you can catch me live every weekday evening from 6 till 7pm. But worry not, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Jubes and Curd. Well, I've got to say, cool blimey, didn't see that coming. Sajid Javid has resigned his position. Mark, you are one of my first emails of you and Mark on that. Uh, your reaction, my viewer Mark, says, another rat sacked a lot of them, backstabbing, jumping ship. They are a disgrace to the Tories. Boris needs to get rid. Mm, harsh words. Right, there's been a strong reaction to this already. Joining me now is our economics editor, uh, Liam Halligan. Good evening. Good evening, Michelle. A bombshell news, obviously. Sajid Javid is one of the most high-profile members of the government. I've known him for well over a decade. He's the MP for Bromsgrove. He's been business secretary. He's been home secretary, resigned, of course, as chancellor. Early in the Boris Johnson government, that's what gave Rishi Sunak his chance to come in as chancellor. And he's come back, of course, as health secretary. It strikes me, as Darren said, that this could be the start of a succession of resignations uh, in order to unsettle the prime minister. What? at the same time, it's worth saying also, it's, this has been developing over the last couple of hours. The pound has lost an awful lot of ground against the dollar. The pound is now, now well below 120 against the dollar. It hasn't been sustained at that level since the mid-1980s. The fact that the pound is relatively weak... Can I interrupt you there? Because this, ladies and gentlemen, is not ending with Sajid Javid. Uh, Rishi Sunak has resigned his position... As we speak, <laughs> goodness gracious! Well, I, I, li- I literally just—I I literally just said, Michelle, this could be the start of a series of net <laughs> resignations. As they said on broadcast, <laughs> I what? say it here; it comes out there. I was going to say, you need to tell us the lottery goodness numbers. Goodness gracious um, me! It, it, clearly, senior members of the cabinet feel that the Boris Johnson government is over. It'd be very difficult, I must say, to see how he can possibly survive this. We are witnessing the end of Boris Johnson's administration before our very eyes. We're talking about two of the most senior people, including now his chancellor, one of the great offices of state. It will now be all eyes on Liz Truss, foreign secretary, on Priti Patel, home secretary. Um, Pretty much unprecedented in the years that I've been covering politics and economics on this, in, in this country. Um, Boris Johnson will be reeling. I, I was about to say before you announced the bombshell news that the Chancellor's resigned, that the pound's been losing ground for weeks. We've been highlighting it during my On the Money show, but particularly today, it's gone down towards a dollar ninety. And this is pretty bombshell. I mean, as the pound gets weaker, Michelle, why does that matter to GB News viewers and listeners? As the pound gets weaker, particularly fuel prices, but all imports, everything we import gets more expensive. That drives up inflation. Rishi Sunak, in his own words, ladies and gentlemen, the public rightly expect government to be conducted properly, competently and seriously. I recognise this may be my last ministerial job, but I believe these standards are worth fighting for and that is why I am resigning. Sajid Javid resigned. Rishi Sunak resigned. Woo! Goodness me, welcome to Jubes and Kerr. Goodness gracious me, Darren McCaffrey, our political editor, is back with me. What? I mean, did you expect this? Did you see this coming? We're now in the final stages 
of Boris Johnson's uh, leadership, it appears, I would suggest uh, tonight, Michelle, as well, is that these are coordinated cabinet reshuffles. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, resignations. Uh, we had Sajid Javid just a matter of moments ago. Now Rishi Sunak, in his letter, he says that he's always been loyal. I have backed you as leader of the party, encouraged others uh, to do so. And above all, I've respected the powerful mandate you were given. But I've always tried to compromise in order to deliver things you want to achieve. On these occasions, we've disagreed privately. I have supported you publicly. This is the nature of collective government. Our country is facing immense challenges. We both want a low-tax uh, economy uh, and world-class public services. Uh, but, he says, that it is not an easy one to deliver. I am sad to be leaving the government, and I've re reluctantly come to the conclusion that we cannot, cannot continue like this. Uh, the Prime Minister, I think, is not going to survive this. Let's be very clear about this, Michelle. Uh, to lose your health secretary and your chancellor in the same day is pretty extraordinary, and this may well not be at the end. The Prime Minister has always said he will never resign, that he will essentially fight until the end. But I think today it's become clear that he had lost even parts of the party that managed to support him just a matter of weeks ago in that confidence vote. It now appears he's lost large swathes of the cabinet as well. And if history teaches us anything, prime ministers really cannot uh, survive that. Margaret Thatcher effectively had this happen in private. Uh, Boris Johnson is having this very, very public uh, effectively uh, kind of call on his leadership with these uh, resignations. And I would suspect that in the minutes, maybe even the minutes to come, we may well see other cabinet ministers uh, resign. What will the prime minister do? It's very tricky. He says he's determined not to go. Frankly, there is no mechanism apart from another leadership challenge to do that. But surely many would suggest that he may well see that the writing is on the wall and that he will need to go. I help my viewers understand this uh, because there was, as you say, a confidence vote very, very recently. The rules currently say there can't be another one for a year. I mean, where do we go from there? We can change those. Well, I say we, the 1922 committee, can they change the rules? What would that process be? So I think in many regards, you know, politics is all about where you stand and it's about confidence and it's about momentum. It, it's clear the prime minister has lost large swathes of not just his party, but his government uh, tonight. Uh, you know, I, I think it is more likely than not, if this continues, he will resign. If he doesn't, you're right, let's explore the mechanisms for getting rid of him, because it's not actually that easy. As you say, he survived that vote of confidence, what, less than a month ago. In theory, he is safe for another year. Uh, the rules can be changed, though. I mean, it would only take a meeting of the 1922 committee uh, to change the rules, to force another leadership challenge, and for him to lose that. I think, frankly, if the Prime Minister was absolutely determined to remain in place, almost certainly the party would move to do that, and to do that very quickly indeed. I mean, it is quite extraordinary how quickly politics has moved today. Uh, there was a sense, I think, at the start of the day with that bombshell a suggestion that the Prime Minister had essentially lied, even to Cabinet Ministers, about what he knew around Chris Pincher, that things were going to be difficult. There were suggestions this afternoon things were so difficult, 
it, he was just trying to get through to the summer recess of Parliament in a couple of weeks' time. I mean, all that now seems completely out of the water. I mean, I think we're talking about hours, if not 24 hours, before we may well see the Prime Minister resign. Of course, he won't leave Downing Street immediately. There would have to be a Conservative leadership at race and a new appointee, and that is an incredibly open field. Uh, there is a lot of candidates. There's no obvious successor. It has been one of the Prime Minister's uh, strengths. Uh, but I think in the end, I don't think he is going to face that leadership challenge again. I don't think the rules will be changed because I think he will struggle to appoint new ministers to cabinet and the government is turning against him. And in those circumstances, any prime minister, even Boris Johnson, even the man who's withstood an awful lot of political difficulties over the years, will find that incredibly difficult to withstand and probably will be forced to resign in the end. Liam Halligan. Briefly, thoughts on that? Just want to make two points following up from Darren. The first is that for an awful lot of people watching and listening to this show, an awful lot of the public in general, this will feel like a lot of squabbling going on as their lives are getting more difficult. Obviously, inflation's high. The cost of living squeeze is upon us. A lot of businesses are struggling to survive. Meanwhile, the Conservative Party goes into full Harry Kiry civil war mode. I think that will look bad among a lot of the population. The second thing I wanted to mention is that Boris Johnson's lieutenants felt that he would be safe if he could get to the parliamentary recess. The parliamentary recess is on the 21st of July. That's when it begins. There's an awful lot of time between now and then. As Harold Wilson said, a week is a long time in politics and there's more than a week left. Indeed, Liam Halligan, thank you very much for your insight. Now, you guys are getting in touch in your droves. You are furious, furious, I tell you. Uh, the word treachery is coming through a lot. What do you think? Get in touch with me. I want to know your thoughts. We've just told you, haven't we? Sajid Javid resigned. Rishi Sunak resigned. Is there going to be anyone else? Who knows? And if there is, the second it happens, we will be telling you. But for now, get in touch with me. What is your reaction to that? GBviews at gbnews.uk is the email address. Tweet me at Michelle Jubes. What do you think to this? What do you think Boris Johnson is going to do? Will he stay? Will he go? What should he do? You tell me. Your emails are coming through. Good riddance, says Sylvia. Woo! That's one of my tamer ones, I can tell you now. Uh, it's up. The time is up. That's what John says. He's talking there about Boris. Uh, Barbara cannot say that I'm sorry when it comes to Sajid. He was never up to the job. But I've just heard about Rishi, can't blame him. He was streets ahead of Boris. Barbara goes on to say, if Boris has got any decency, he must resign now. That is just a few of your views. Trevor says it'll be Liz Truss next. And then he thinks Boris will be gone by the end of the month. Well, keeping me company tonight on this fast-moving night is my panel, Head of Lifestyle Economics of the Institute of Economic Affairs, Christopher Snowden. William Hall, the chair of the Oxfordshire Conservatives and anthropologist Mary Ann O'Hotter. Good evening to you three. What a night. I'm going to start with you, William, your thoughts. Um, so first of all, it's, it's very clear that this is a fast moving situation and certainly not one that any of the pundits predicted. It's also clear that these are two very senior, well-respected ministers who in the team game that is politics have made a massive contribution to getting us through the pandemic, sorting out the economy and dealing with Ukraine. So I think it's going to be an enormous loss to the government that they both decided to resign. Now, my, my, I'm not a professional politician. My role mostly involves being in amongst talking to and being a part of the Conservative grassroots. 
And I can tell you there really isn't that appetite for the high drama that Westminster pundits enjoy. A lot of people want to deliver on that 2019 manifesto that just a few years ago, the Prime Minister won an enormous, uh, basically uh, epoch-changing majority in favour of. And we've gone through COVID and now's the time to deliver that. And actually, these sorts of distractions, I think, are a long way away from the reality of individual people and families' lives, where they're worried about the cost of living, they're worried about a resurgent, aggressive Russia, and they want to see us growing up and starting to deliver for people's actual priorities. I mean, I stifled a small laugh, I will admit, when you described, I think one of your first sentences there was uh, you said the team game that is politics. I mean, come on. Well, these people out for themselves, surely, right now. They want to get re-elected. They want to keep their job. They are thinking, how do I achieve that? I regret that you think it's, it's an individual sport because I think politics should be the place where people uh, put their self-interest second and their desire to serve the public first. You had an interview with a, a former, I would say, disgraced MP who I suspect was, could be accused of being guilty of the former. Actually... There are two serious problems in this world and facing this country and facing families for us to continue to play politics. I think it's time for people to grow up. Time for people to grow up. What do you think to that, Christopher Snowden, your thoughts? I think it's very difficult to say how Boris Johnson can, uh, can struggle on at this point. I think it looking increasingly ridiculous. Um, this is clearly coordinated, I think, between Sajid and Rishi. Rishi's resignation, in a way, is the most interesting one because he really owes his entire cabinet you know, career to Boris Johnson. He says in his, in his tweet that this could be his last cabinet job, and it really could be. If you have a totally different prime minister, then we want to have a completely different team. Um, yeah, then he could be in the wilderness for some time. So they're obviously very concerned. This is not about the Chris Pincher thing or any of the, the other relatively trivial stuff that's going on. They'll have done this because they would have been convinced from the people in the Conservative Party, the people on the doorstep, the people in their constituencies, that Boris Johnson is toxic and people aren't going to vote for him and they're not going to change their mind over the next two years. I don't know whether that's true or not. It may not be, and Boris Johnson probably thinks it isn't true because he's not used to being unpopular. Um, but increasingly, people in the Conservative Party think that he is a, a lame duck um, and is, is causing huge electoral problems from them. And clearly, they, they want him out. You know, this is not the 40% of the people who voted against him in the confidence vote, many of whom you could say, well, they never liked him anyway. They're hopeful of getting a, a, a ministerial position if they get a different prime minister. And these are people who are, you know, serious, um, you know, officers of state here, you know, chancellor. This uh, is the huge news. So it's, it's, it's enormous. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's, there's more to come. And it wouldn't surprise me, never mind resigning this month, it wouldn't surprise me if he resigns in the next few days. But I think he will start to look preposterous preposterous if he just sticks in there and says, well, you can't get rid of me unless you change the rules, because I think eventually they will change the rules. What do you think? Maureen says, Michelle, I am disgusted. They are getting ready to wear his shoes. None of them appear to be concerned about the people. That's just Boris Johnson. You may have seen if you are watching, not listening. Boris Johnson there entering number 10. Robert says this is the beginning of the end for the charlatan PM. This is a great opportunity to drain the swamp. Steve says, stick with it, Boris. I voted for you and I will vote for you again. Andrew, on that point about team sport versus what's best for the individual, says what a couple of backstabbers. Why have they resigned? Purely for their own tactical reasons. Derek says... This is all about the media. They won't stop until the Tories have gone. Stop Boris bashing. Patricia says, of course these guys have resigned. The NHS is in chaos and so is the country's finances. 
goodness gracious me, get in touch. Your thoughts. Rishi Sunak resigned. Sajid Javid resigned. Anyone else while I'm on air? Anyone else want to make it a hat trick? Why not? Get in touch. Let me know your thoughts. GBviews at gbnews.uk is the email. At Michelle Jubes is the tweet. Marianne, your thoughts? Um, I'm surprised, to be honest, at the viewers who are saying, you know, this is about treachery, this is the backstabbers coming out, you know, um, trying, to, trying to, you know, work in, in their own self-interest. Honestly, if they really thought it wasn't that bad, they would wait. They would perhaps wait until after the summer holiday, the recess. They would have some kind of succession plan that didn't make the Conservatives and the, the particular government right now look quite so shambolic and, and in total chaos. I have to say, I don't agree with all of Rishi Sunak's politics. I don't agree with Sajid Javid's politics. I'm not naturally a, a Conservative, but I do have a degree of respect for those two individuals. And I think the points that they make in their resignation letters, which are now um, public on Twitter and on, on, online, are that British people rightly expect integrity from their government. And what we're seeing is that day after day after day, Britain, our whole nation, is being dragged through the mud because our politicians are so shambolic, so corrupt, so sleazy, and they are being led by a Prime Minister who, over the past couple of days, with all this stuff around Chris Pinchard and the allegations, and then Boris Johnson saying, oh, I didn't know anything about it, and then Number 10 having to re, you know, recharacterise their statement and say, oh, actually, he just forgot. And, he, uh, you know, in the interview with the, with the GB News reporter, he says, did you say pincher by name, pincher by nature? And Boris Johnson does not answer the question because he knows he can't get away with lying to the man's face, but he also can't say, no, I never said that. It's... It's an extraordinary situation that we're in, that Number 10 are briefing their own loyal MPs to lie on behalf of the Prime Minister. There's always going to be some degree of choosing your facts carefully in politics. I'm not naive enough to think that people are going to come out and say, well, of course, there's this and there's that, and yes, we did all these murky things that we'd rather not mention. But to actually brief your own MPs to go out on the media rounds and lie to people and then probably know full well that in about 12 hours time or less um, they'll be they'll be revealed as, as telling porkies I, th I just think it's, it's astonishing I'm not surprised at all that Rishi Sunak and, and Sajid Javid have, have resigned and I would invite the rest of the government if they've got any shred of integrity to join them get rid of Boris Johnson get our country back on track because we genuinely do deserve better well I want to know your thoughts as well. As I always say, you know the drill, don't you? It's not just about us here. It's about you at home. What is on your mind tonight? How are you reacting to this news? I mean, this is huge news. That you know, Health Secretary Sajid Javid resigned, just in case you're just joining us. The Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, has resigned. This has all happened <coughs> in the last kind of half an hour or so since we've been on air. Uh, Carmen says, Boris is not a Conservative. He has no mandate to give away. All of the billions that he is doing to Ukraine, he shouldn't be our leader. Nigel says MPs are simply all in it for themselves. Michael, they're a gutless pair. We're better off without them. Not mincing your words there, Michael. Uh, Carol says, who needs an opposition with colleagues like them? These guys have been plotting for weeks in her mind. Uh, she says, I will not vote for any new Conservative Party. Step in, Keir Starmer. The way has been opened up for you by those disloyal Conservative MPs.
Boris Johnson has been speaking. Obviously, the news of these two resignations wasn't known by them, but let's just have a listen to what he had to say. Prime Minister, do you accept it was a grave error to appoint Chris Pincher to your government? Yes, I think it was a mistake, and I apologise for... Uh, for it, I think in, in, in hindsight, it was uh, the wrong thing to do. Uh, I apologise to everybody who's been uh, badly affected by it. And I just want to make absolutely clear that there's no place in this government for uh, anybody who uh, is predatory or who uh, abuses their position of power. Did you want to joke, though, pincher by name, pincher by nature? Well, what I can tell you is that uh, if I look at the background of this and why I regret it so much, is that uh, about three years ago, uh, there was a complaint made against uh, Chris Pincher in the Foreign Office. Uh, the complaint was, was uh, cleared up. He apologised. Uh, it was raised with me. Uh, in, uh, orally, there was a, I, was, I was briefed on what had, had happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if I had my time again, I would think back on it and uh, recognise that... Uh, he wasn't going to learn uh, any okay. lesson, he, and he wasn't going to, to change. I and, know that you didn't deny I, using I that, that phrase there. Uh, Prime Minister, this is about truth, isn't it? It's about whether people can believe what you say. And we now know that those who speak for you over the last few days have said things that turned out to be untrue. Did you lie to them? No, and uh, let, me, let me explain what, uh, what, what happened. So uh, this is the... Uh, we're talking about a series of... Uh, events over uh, or series of appointments over several years. So uh, Chris Pincher came into government as deputy chief whip uh, before I became uh, prime minister. Uh, he was moved to the to the foreign office. Uh, he then went on to to be a minister for uh, for housing, Indeed. and uh, we then moved him back to be uh, to be deputy chief whip. Uh, as I say, uh, about two and a half years ago, I got this uh, complaint. Uh, it was it was something that. Uh, was only raised with me very cursorily, but I wish okay. uh, that we had, uh, I in particular, had acted on it and uh, that he had not uh, continued in government. Because he then okay. went on, I'm afraid, to behave, as far as we can see, according to the allegations that we have, very, very badly. I'm, conscious I'm, sorry, time for, I'm sorry for, uh, for those uh, who've been badly affected by it. I just want to read a couple of lines to you from Rishi Sunat's resignation letter, if I may. He says directly, to leave ministerial office is a serious matter at any time. For me to step down as chancellor while the world is suffering the economic consequences of the pandemic, the war in Ukraine and other serious challenges is a decision I have not taken lightly. However, the public rightly expect government to be conducted properly, competently and seriously. I recognise this may be my last ministerial job, but I believe these standards are worth fighting for and that is why I'm resigning. If you just tuned in, I'm reading there the resignation letter from the Chancellor Rishi Sunak, who has gone. I've been asking you, what are your thoughts? How do you uh, receive the goings-on? I've got to be honest, there's a lot of fury coming through on the email from you guys at home tonight. I want to know, by the way, did you see this coming? Uh, I didn't. I'll be transparent with that. I didn't. I feel quite shocked tonight. Uh, but there is a lot of anger. You guys feel that Boris Johnson uh, is being betrayed by his very own team. Uh, Phil, he's not messing around. He says, I've got more respect for the Downing Street cat than most of these people. Hmm, harsh. Liam Halligan rejoins me. Liam, what's the latest? Well, I said in the aftermath of these two resignations just a few minutes ago, there'd be a lot of anger. 
because a lot of ordinary GB News viewers and listeners would feel this is the Tory party squabbling and fighting over who's the big boss, while meanwhile their lives are getting more difficult. When are we going to address the cost of living crisis? When are we going to address the housing crisis? When are we going to take VAT off fuel bills? When are we going to address how much it costs to fill up a family saloon, 100 quid and more? And this seems like more infighting to lots of people. I think there is going to be a sense that uh, there's a lot of ambitious manoeuvring going on behind the scenes. Even if we just end up with Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid resigning, it's still an absolutely enormous night in the history of British politics and the history of the Conservative Party. I agree with our colleague Darren McCaffrey, who we heard from earlier, this may precipitate quite soon the end of the Johnson administration, not least because... It's very coordinated. These resignations have happened, you know, at the peak of the news day as the tea time news bulletins are happening. And it's still a while, the 21st of July, until Parliament rises for the summer recess. I think the timing of this is absolutely crucial. But it's worth saying that while a lot of the Westminster Village and the political media class have been writing Boris Johnson off for weeks, months even, out there in the country, there is still, I think, and we're hearing it from... Viewers emailing you there, Michelle, their tweets, what you're just reading out. There still is out there a, a, a bedrock of support for him. Not, I wouldn't say among the silent majority, but among a lot of people who voted for him in such droves in December 2019. So I think for a lot of people, this will feel as if it's a kind of manipulated coup uh, by the political and media class against the Prime Minister. Absolutely. And I have to say, Veronica has written in saying, Liam understands us well. I agree with everything he's saying. Linda says, I will not vote for anybody else but Boris. This is a disgrace. He has worked his bits off. Uh, you, know, you know what I mean? Since the moment he became PM, I love the man that says, Linda Chrissy says, this is a witch hunt. This is the media to blame for this. Honestly, it is. this is the sentiment that I am getting. Uh, Dennis, though, says if Boris still thinks he's got voter support, he has to call a general election. In that instance, he says all everybody basically would then have to unite to fight for their jobs. David, though, says bye-bye, Boris the buffoon. He says Boris couldn't run a bath let alone the country. <laughs> he says, hopefully, Liz Truss is going to be next. Hmm. Honestly, there is such a... And there's a big shock in the air. You guys finding this quite shocking. William, I'm going to come back to you, Chair of the Oxfordshire Conservatives. Do you think Boris can survive this? Sorry to kind of take a step back from the high drama of it all, because I understand it is, it is all very exciting. But actually... It, you know, there are two resignations of well-respected secretaries of state. Both have given an enormous amount to government, but they are both deciding it's their time to resign. That does not mean a government falls. It, who knows what it will mean in the coming days and weeks. But at the moment, we just have two resignations in isolation. And they will be a loss to government. Substantial. I mean, these but are I would, but I would random say, people that we don't yeah. know of. The Chancellor. I mean, that is not just a casual, oh, no. well, you know, this is huge. I, 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 can, I can tell you, within the Conservative Party, there is no appetite for the distraction of a leadership election because I am talking to activists day in, day out. They email me all the time. And it's really clear that people want to deliver on the manifesto. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm not in, 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 the, in the heart of Westminster. I don't know what's uh, going on when it comes to the sort of House of Cards Machiavellian games. But I do know that the Conservative Party is more uh, than just individuals. It's also a movement. 
and that movement is still very firmly set on delivering the 2019 manifesto. I think it's fundamentally an issue that this whole debate, this drama, is being presented as something that happens over there in Westminster between people who, you know, we're kind of looking on and they're full of themselves and they don't really know how we live. That is part of the problem because they are our elected MPs. That is our government. They run the country on our behalf with our blessing. Now, there was a, it's all well and good people to, um, messaging into you, Michelle, saying, you know, Boris has got my backing, these backstabbers, you know, good riddance to them. More than 74, 74%, I wrote it down because I was surprised at the figure, 74% of people in a YouGov survey last week uh, uh, asked the question, do you think the Prime Minister is seen as trustworthy? 74% of people across all the parties, so Tory, Conservative voters and Labour, Lib Dem, whoever, said no. 73 quarters of the country an opinion poll said Neil Kinnock was going to win the election in 1992, and he, the, and he, and he didn't. And I don't I think, think we, we should take really is. seriously people who are emailing Michelle and telling her what they think. The, the Westminster Village, a lot of the media class, frankly, is wildly, ridiculously detached from how ordinary people think. Ordinary people <coughs> do not want political high drama now. No, they the, want There's going to be a national government. train strike. They can't pay their fuel bills. Many people can't buy shoes for their kids. No, and I understand the Westminster that, class are all stabbing each other in the back so one of them or two of them can get a better job. It looks it's grotesque well, the in the is, eyes of many people. I, I think you you've as as one of the viewers who wrote in said, or listeners wrote in who said, you've you've kind of pinned the you know, pinned it on its head. I think you're absolutely right. People don't want and they don't have an appetite for this because like you say, they've got very much more pressing immediate issues to worry about that are really important. And the thing is, the only thing that I question is, how do you not see that Boris is part of that problem? That the fact that number 10 and so much of the government machinery is firefighting, this sleaze scandal there, that sleaze scandal there, giving your girlfriend a job, being caught in a compromising position, defending a, a, an alleged sexual assault person, giving them a job. How do they not see that that detracts from the government's ability to deal with the cost of living crisis, to deal with the price of fuel, to deal with whether you can or cannot buy shoes for your kid? Because those two things are linked. And that's what I'm saying, that the people who are rightly upset with this taking precedence in the media news cycle are right. But fundamentally, the way to deal with that is to get a government who's credible and can do their jobs and aren't a bunch of clowns, corrupt, scandalous, sleazy clowns. Brenda, Brenda from Bristol said, sorry, Michelle, you know, when there was a, another one, if we have a general election now, I mean, the public will throw its hands up in the air with disdain at the people who are meant to govern them and the people who are meant to cover them in the media. There will be an even bigger break in confidence and trust between the vast majority of people in this country and, I'm afraid, the political media class of which I am obviously part. Yeah, and I do think um, you make a good point, and this is a sentiment that I'm getting through thick and fast. Callum says, uh, this is a disgrace, and the Tories, without Boris, will be utterly decimated in the next election. He says, please read out my email, because it'll really please my 84-year-old dad, Alistair. Well, <laughs> uh, see, what I think uh, in a lot of this is that so many people who are working-class people that wouldn't have uh, traditionally have thought to themselves, I'm going to vote Tory for a lot of people. It would have been a big 
deal uh, to vote Tory because of you know historical things we don't need to go into. And a lot of people feel passionate about that decision and still remain loyal to Boris Johnson. A lot of you are emailing me. Uh, Albert says, basically, the people voted for Boris. That's what we did. John says that Boris is better off without Sunak and Javid. He will move forward. Um, Peter, though, says, finally, senior cabinet ministers are showing some backbone. Hmm. Nigel Farage, your thoughts? I say maybe we're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. <coughs> maybe we can get a new prime minister. Maybe we can re-establish honesty and decency in government. There have been just too many lies. The public will put up with errors in policy, with mistakes. What they won't put up with are perpetual lies. And what you've seen over Pinchergate are a series of senior cabinet ministers being sent out with, at best, incorrect briefings, at worst, being briefed with outright lies. And I just think people have had enough. Um, I would expect more cabinet ministers to resign. And I think for the Conservative Party, uh, this actually represents a moment of hope. Under Boris Johnson, and I understand people emailing you saying they still like Boris, fine. But up to a third of those who voted Conservative in 2019 view him as an outright liar. That is enough to lead to a catastrophic defeat. A new leader, um, some trust being rebuilt in honesty, integrity and decency could just see the Conservatives win the next election. Right, I'm joined now by Conservative MP for East Worthing and Shoreham, Tim Lawton. Good evening, Tim. Your reaction to all of this? Relief, because this has been dragging on for far too long. It looks like it's now coming to head. I said way in January, I thought the Prime Minister's position was untenable and that he should resign. And it's taken six months for that to hopefully come true. But I really don't see any way back. We have two senior cabinet uh, ministers, and I'm sure they will be the first of another still to, to, to go. The message is that the leadership at the top is just not sustainable, and that's what needs to be changed. But what is the way forward then? What do you think should happen next? A lot of my viewers... Uh, are furious by all of this. They voted Boris. They see all of this uh, as a conspiracy, as a witch hunt. They're calling uh, Sajid and Rishi traitors. They feel very let down by the Conservative Party, generally against Boris. And I think most Conservative MPs like me have had hundreds and hundreds of angry constituents over recent days and uh, weeks saying that this is just not sustainable. The, the position of the Prime Minister is untenable, they don't think he has integrity, they don't trust what he uh, says. And the way it's come to a head, the misrepresentation, the uh, way this whole pinner gate, as, as Nigel just uh, called it, being handled, was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And it needed some senior ministers to resign to start the whole process. The one thing that has been missing in recent weeks has ministers deciding they longer go on defending the indefendable. So hats off to Sajid and Rishi for having taken initiative um, this evening, and I'm sure there will be a number more to follow. Unless Boris does the writing on the wall, the game is up. I'm afraid we need a new Prime Minister. And who would that be? Uh, I'm Look, the last person who needs to put a name out now is me, because I've been on the losing campaign with every candidate since William uh, William Hay. Uh, there'll be <laughs> a number of people coming coming forward 
uh, over the next few days. But who that. would and, you and, like and, to and see we'll... as your leader? You're telling me you don't want it to be Boris. So who do you want it I to could, be? I, I could name any one of eight credible contenders uh, who could and I'm sure will step up to the mark. And as I think it was um, Sajid put in his um, letter, the party and the government bigger than just one individual. So all those of your listeners who've been saying that the government is all about Boris, not going to win without uh, Boris. Well, that's complete nonsense, I'm afraid, and it's really unhelpful because we are, if you look at the polls, you look at the by-elections, I'm afraid Boris, for all the fantastic things he's done, I'll be the first to admit his leadership over Ukraine uh, has been absolutely uh, exceptional. But I'm afraid he's made too many mistakes and confidence of the people in the 10, the Prime Minister, our leader, is absolutely essential. And that confidence has been hemorrhaging away in recent weeks. So do you think, though, that he will go? Or do you think, he's already said, Boris, previously, he won't resign. So do you think, you're sitting here saying that you think he should? Do you think he will? I don't know. And that, that's the trouble. But Boris is, is usually able to tough it out. If you think the things happened over recent uh, uh, weeks, most recently the by-elections as well. The no confidence vote, 41% of my colleagues voted they didn't have confidence in the Prime Minister, more than before, more than people expected. Uh, and, and yes, it's water off a duck's back. That is not sustainable. I'm afraid I would like him go on his own terms and resign without having to be drought kicking and screaming, which is inevitably what is going to happen if he doesn't now see the writing wall uh, and yeah. tender his donation. I mean, you, you talk about what's sustainable and all the rest of it, but what's, what's not going to be sustainable is a Tory government uh, still in power at the next election if all of these goings-on continue. You know, you're creating, exactly. surely, you're, you're providing uh, Keir Starmer, Angela Rayner, they must be sitting there rubbing their hands with glee. They're supposed to be working hard to be the opposition. They're supposed to be working hard to be the next uh, government. You guys are handing it to them on a plate and then some. We would be handing it to them on a plate if we nothing turned a blind eye to the complete unsustainability of the leadership we have in number 10 now. Every day, the headlines, the major headlines, are not to do with some serious economic uh, policy or government policy or what's going on in the world. Time and time again, it's been the actions of number 10 and the Prime Minister at a time when we absolutely have got to be focused on many of the urgent things going on, starting with the cost of living uh, crisis. That's why this is completely untenable. We need to make that change sooner rather than later, get a new leader in place, get the government contract, get back to the people's priorities. And in two years' time, I think we stand a fighting chance of being able to fight a decent general um, uh, election. But that was not going to happen under the current leadership, I'm afraid, which is why yeah. he does need now to go. What I find quite interesting, um, my last question to you, I mean, you mentioned that the front pages, it's constantly focusing on goings on in the Tories. You seem to be putting all of that blame onto Boris Johnson. It's not Boris Johnson's fault that MPs can't help themselves but attempt to uh, grope people. It's not his fault that people sit in the back of Parliament watching porn when they're supposed to be focusing on what they're doing. It's not his fault that people have been accused of abusing people years ago. Why are you all blaming Boris Johnson when actually it's you as MPs that should be behaving better yourselves? Because as it's a few uh, MPs behave very uh, badly, but as I said right at the beginning in January, the whole Partygate affair uh, blew up. It's not actually the events themselves that are the, uh, the issue. I don't care how many people drank warm Chardonnay and sausage rolls number 10. It was the way 
the Prime Minister handled it, constantly changing his, uh, his story, having to change the whole uh, narrative to save himself. We've seen it over this, this Chris Pincher uh, affair. You know, a relatively unknown uh, minister has behaved pretty outrageously, and yet it's the way Boris has handled and changed the story about why he pointed him in the first place if you knew that he might have been a bit of a liability. That has become the issue. And there's only one person at who all that stops, I'm afraid that's the Prime Minister's. And that's why this is about the Prime Minister, not about certain individuals who behave badly. But you see, I find this astonishing. Because if I'd done wrong, if I was spending my spare time watching porn in the office or touching people up on a night out, I wouldn't blame it on my boss. It'd be my fault. It'd be me. I'd be sitting there looking myself in the mirror saying, I am behaving in a way that's costing this organisation. It's me. I need to stop it. And I do find it time and time again, people with a straight face blaming it on Boris. I find it astonishing. You're adults. You're responsible for your own behaviour. OK, who appointed Chris Pincher? It was the Prime Minister. Who decided uh, when this story first broke but there was nothing to see uh, here. He's apologised and he's done from the, uh, the government. End of story. It was uh, Boris. He then had to change his story, but he was aware that there was some uh, form attached to that particular league, um, uh, and he decided effectively to ignore it. It's Boris. This is not about those individuals who behaved appallingly. It's about the way Prime Minister has it and has had to change his story about what he actually knew when. And that the events of the whole day have been a shifting story. The minister's having to go out, defend the indefensible, being given a deadline every hour or so. And that's just not credible. We've got to have full confidence in the Prime Minister and ministers and everybody else what being told by number 10. And I'm afraid you just cannot have confidence when he behaves like this in the way he's handled this pincher affair as just the latest of a number of incidents handled really badly by the 10. That's what it's all about. It's not about those individuals who say should never have been in positions in the first place. Well, I say we can carry this on all night, uh, but can. for now, yeah. we'll have to agree to disagree because there's not an element of me that can uh, comprehend a grown adult misbehaving and somehow that's his boss's fault. I find it absolutely ludicrous. I think what the Tory party have done to themselves is shameful. You have let down people that trusted you with their vote. They didn't, they weren't natural Tories. They gave you an opportunity. They lent you their vote. And what you've done with it, quite frankly, not you as an individual, but as a collective party, it's embarrassing. I'd be, I'd be ashamed of myself and I wouldn't be sitting there trying to pin it all on my boss. I found that, quite frankly, ludicrous. But, as I said, each to their own. All of you is welcome. Look at the opinion polls. Look at the opinion polls and the confidence in the, in the leader. That tells the real story. I well, yeah, but if I'd have looked at the opinion polls, we'd have still been in the EU. Absolutely not. And thank God we're not. And thank goodness Boris did sort that out. And it's, that's why it's such a tragedy that it's going to end the way that it is. Tim Lawton, thank you very much for your time. That's Tim Lawton there, the Conservative MP for East Worthing and Shoreham. He reckons that all of these goings-on are Boris Johnson's fault. Personally, I find that a little bit pathetic. If you're a grown adult and you can't behave yourself, especially when you are in public office, then shame on you. That's what I say. But what do you say? Get in touch with me, GBviews at gbnews.uk is the email at Michelle Jubes is the Twitter. 
If you're tuning in, wondering what on earth's going on, I'll tell you. Health Secretary Sajid Javid has resigned. This has all happened in the last hour. Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, has also resigned. If you just joined us, I want to read you a couple of passages. First one, this is from Sajid Javid's uh, resignation letter. He's saying to Boris Johnson, the tone you've set as a leader and the values rep you represent reflect on your colleagues, your party, and ultimately the country. Conservatives at their best are seen as hard-headed decision-makers guided by strong values. Women not always have been popular, but we have been competent in acting in the national interests. Sadly, in the current circumstances, the public are concluding that we are now neither. The vote of confidence last month showed that a large number of our colleagues agree it was a moment for humility, grip and new direction. And I regret to say, however, that it's clear to me that this situation will not change under your leadership and you have therefore lost my confidence too. That is Sajid Javid to the Prime Minister. Uh, the last one that I'll read to you, the next one that I'll read to you, as a recap, in case you've just joined us, Rishi Sunak's resignation letter to uh, Boris Johnson to leave ministerial office is a serious matter at any time. For me to step down as Chancellor while the world is suffering the economic consequences of the pandemic, the war in Ukraine and the other serious challenges is a decision that I've not taken lightly. However, the public rightly expect government to be conducted properly, competently and seriously. I realise, I recognise this may be my last ministerial job, but I believe these standards are worth fighting and that is why I am resigning. Christopher Snowden, you on my right, you're sitting nice and quietly, soaking it all in. Where do we go from here? I, I would imagine that in the next few days, or certainly weeks, Boris Johnson will resign, but you never know with him. He's a pretty stubborn guy. He's, as I said before, he's not used to being unpopular. I think he always thinks he can turn it around. I'm, I think everyone's surprised by this news. The reason I'm surprised by it is that I, I didn't expect to see these kind of resignations so soon. I wouldn't have been surprised to see him later in the year if the polling hadn't improved. But it's clear that a lot of senior Conservatives now have come to the conclusion that it's not going to get turned around. The, 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 the problems that the Tory party face in terms of its polling, in terms of the recent by-elections, they're not just midterm blues. It's not just because of the, uh, the cost of living. It's because of Boris Johnson. It's because of party gate and the things that have uh, happened since then, the kind of sleazy stuff and the allegations of lying. Um, and so I don't know if they're, they're right or wrong. I suspect that you know, people in the Labour Party will not be particularly worried about this news. I don't think they'll be having sleepless nights um, worrying about who the next Tory leader is going to be. I think they'll be quite pleased to see Boris Johnson out the door. They'll be there with the karaoke machine, singing ABBA and celebrating, <laughs> I should imagine, tonight. Uh, Marianne, I've got to say, that MP there, mm -hmm. I can't get my head around people wanting Boris to take responsibility for absolutely everything. My boss here, nice man called Angelo, he is not responsible for my antics in a nightclub. Well... What you, were saying to, <coughs> what you were saying to that MP was, you, the Conservative Party, have let us, the people, down. Yeah. And the head of the Conservative Party is the Prime Minister. So it does roll, the ball rolls to a stop at his How feet. is Boris Johnson responsible for one of his team groping men? I'm trying to be really careful, my words, groping <coughs> tonight. <club>. Allegedly. <coughs> Allegedly. Um, what Boris Johnson is responsible for is getting number 10 to brief ministers to go out and explain and justify why Boris Johnson gave him a job, having known about those allegations, having briefed his own committee, pincher by name, pincher by nature, 
And then when it became clear that that wasn't true, even um, Lord MacDonald published a letter this morning, Simon MacDonald, who was at the Foreign Commonwealth Office, saying, uh, that's not true. There were formal allegations that were upheld. Yes, they were resolved in that the allegation was upheld and found to be true. I mean, even in that interview with, um, that Boris Johnson gave to the GB News reporter um, that you were, you were running earlier, he says, um, you know, oh, they were, they were um, un unclear. Well, well, they weren't. They were upheld. Go. I'll tell you what, I'm not unclear. Uh, I think this is all ridiculous. You guys seem to agree with me. Uh, Nicholas says the Tories are dead now. Treachery and disloyalty. They will never get our votes again if Boris is forced out. Nicholas, though, says the Tories, uh, this is it. They are done. Thanks for listening to Jubes and Co, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you will never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed it, leave us a nice comment. I'll see you next time. <laughs>